Welcome to the podcast that's dedicated to helping business owners prepare for exit so you can maximize value and exit on your terms. This is the Exit Insights podcast presented by Succession Plus. I'm Daryl Bates Brownsword, and today I'm talking with Andrew Miller. Now, Andrew's got an interesting background. He's business coach, but he's got a background in insolvency. Thanks for joining me today, Andrew. Now, my first big question for you is tell me, how does an insolvency practitioner end up as a business coach? Thanks for having me on, Daryl. Good question. And I, I guess there's a lot of people probably don't really understand what an insolvency practitioner actually is. We hear about it. And, um, and I know uh, there's, there's some people um, outside of the, the Commonwealth, outside the UK, outside of Australia, which have very different processes. Um, but even those within our arena, will, um, will there's a lot of people don't get it. Um, bottom line is my job is running businesses. When a company goes bust in this country, um, the bank has the power to appoint a firm of accountants to go in, kick the directors out and take over. So for 16, 17 years, I was running businesses. It was, it was specific circumstances, but I'll, you were in control. Now you work with the directors, you work with the team because they've got all the knowledge, unless the directors are blatant crooks. But usually they're just normal people that have been in an unfortunate situation. Um, so you're working with people to get the best out of them, challenging, chasing, get the systems and processes in place to get things right, keep things running along. And the whole intention ultimately is to sell that business and keep all the jobs alive. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, so, so in that sense, you know, every element of business you get involved in, legal, HR, um, commercial, everything, um, negotiation, the works. Flip side is you deal with people. And I was always very people orientated. And as a leader within the firm, KPMG was a firm, I was at large global firm of accountants. Uh, so I was becoming a leader of people as well. That got me into the sort of personal development type space. And, uh, and ultimately, I realized I like working with people on one to one getting shifts in their mindset and that kind of stuff. And then together, that became a kind of a, uh, a, a nice little bundle that together, it's like, actually, <laughs> I've got the business experience, I've got the people experience. I can coach people, <laughs> but um, but I, I did actually start with a very very specific niche, which is actually helping people going through an insolvency deal with emotional stress yeah. that's connected with that, and help them get their head right and get them back up on the wagon effectively and get them going again because it can be a well, massive. They've got to move on, don't they? And and I'm guessing ninety percent of the time, ninety five percent of the time, it's you know good people with the best intentions ending up in a situation that they never saw coming. You know, the bank's got an interest uh, often um, through through some sort of financing in the business. They're just trying to de-risk it as much as they can and 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 right. sort it out for. And and I guess most most of the directors, you know, they have every intention and desire to to honour their commitments. So yeah. there's the background, and we go okay. So if you don't uh, manage your day to day, and and sometimes you know circumstances out of our control, it can end up in a hole. We want to take it one step further and go, hey, look, we want to, we've got a, a viable operating business growing. You know, we, we've learned from uh, all of those uh, potentially mistakes in the past, and we want to you know, build a business asset so that we can sell on favorable terms rather than unfavorable terms. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and if I just uh, draw through one of the key things, which I think is most relevant here is, or can be, anyway, is that what I learned going with that insolvency thing is how much emotion there is tied in with the business or can be. And um, particularly, you know, when you're losing stuff, it's like losing a child, losing a baby, it really comes up. But it's the same when you've got a successful business, business going well, all the systems, there's still an emotion connected 
uh, an identity with a name and all the rest of it. And that, if we're not careful, can be a big hamper in letting it go because <laughs> yeah. that's well, us we're letting go. Yeah, directors are people too, aren't they? And, uh, yeah. and you know, everyone's human. And, you know, we all have as much as, you know, some of us try and bury it and hide it. We have emotional attachment to things and, and stuff. Um, and if we've invested a big part of our, our life and our effort and our, our, our time and effort into building a business, we do become attached to it, you know, like your family, as you say. Um, and at some point, you know, we need to move on to something else, whether that be Absolutely. planned or unplanned. Um, <laughs> it's like unplanned exit. So, okay, so we're now building the business and we've got um, people and recognizing that, that people have emotional attachment and um, investment in their business moving forward. We need to use that energy and that, that, that feeling and energy uh, attachment uh, to the best we can for the benefit of the whole business. Um, how, how do we do that? So you're now working with people as a business coach. You're looking at the, the I guess, the energy and the you know, side of things, the feeling side of things. How do you tap into that, that background and, and um, help business owners take their business forward and, and ultimately increase the valuation? Yeah, well, I'm very much interested in the individual themselves and where they are, as I say, these emotional things hold us back. So I think in general, certainly with established businesses, business going around, I think logically we kind of know what needs to be done. We've seen or been on the sales courses, been on the planning courses, been on the building, setting the processes courses, whatever it might be. We know the stuff, but we're not doing it. Um, what's stopping us doing it? Because it's not knowledge. Very rarely is it genuinely knowledge that stops us doing it. Um, sometimes there's a lack of awareness. What you're trying to do is, is obviously create awareness of certain things that people might not have been thinking about. Um, but I suspect most people listening to this kind of know what they need to do, but they may not be doing it. So why is that? What is it that actually holds them back? So that's the sort of sort of sort of situation I'm who I'm working with in terms of if we change you, if we get your mindset right, if get you thinking about the right things, let, letting go of the wrong things, etc., you'll be able to do those steps and processes that you know you should be doing anyway. Okay. And does that also relate to letting go of control of the business and, and delegating tasks oh, and activities sure. and management functions? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the key things with any entrepreneur, I think. And, and, and usually there's that big shift from being the, the small business to the medium-sized business is the fundamental element of that, is, is that ability to trust other people to do the job that beforehand you were doing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. And, and and there's it, 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 that's a mindset shift absolutely a mindset everybody knows how to delegate <laughs> or can can read a book on how to delegate but well good point changing inside is is different i was talking with someone uh just last week and we we're talking about uh, the number of businesses in the uk that are capped at around one million pounds in revenue and we started to have a look and go why is there such a almost like a, a backlog or a bottleneck of businesses of that size and we came to the conclusion that well, one million, if you have a look at the average of, hey, look, the average revenue per employee or person in a business of about a, a hundred grand, one million pound business equates to about 10 people in, in the business. And if you've got 10 people in the business, one entrepreneur can manage about 10 people without losing control. And once you start getting above about 10 people, you start losing control or you need to introduce a management layer um, and yeah, that gets a bit tricky that you're talking about delegations because I'm no longer delegating tasks. I now need to delegate management functions. 
And when I'm delegating management functions, I'm, I'm feels like I'm delegating a whole lot more. And it might feel like to these people that they're no longer in control of their business. Is yeah. that what we're talking about here, Andrew? Part of it, absolutely, yeah, because you're moving into a different space and 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 spinning the plates in a different way. So, I, I mean, the there's a I'll use the word ego. Um, it doesn't need to be in a negative sense, but just that sort of um, uh, fear that you have to be in control kind of thing. And and I've, I'm working with someone at the moment right now, and she, she's a top salesperson. And um, but the MD has suddenly gotten his position where uh, he, he's got in his head he needs to be involved. He needs to be involved in every single sale or the big, you know, the big corporate contract clients coming through. And um, and there's something something inside of him which is clearly um, it's not trust. So he's kind of kind of still got to prove himself. I think that's probably what it is from what we can work out. Um, so he's got to be involved. Now he's going in and actually wrecking the sales. <laughs> Just leave the salespeople to do what they do, get them to report back and support them if they need and support. But he's diving in, getting involved because he's the big man, wants to be in charge, wants to be the, the, the face and whatever it is. And there are contracts walking away because they don't want to do business with him. <laughs> And I'm sure in his mind, he's adding value. Sure. Uh, because it's never about intent, right? Like the, it's always about the best intent of doing the right thing and wanting to be helpful and, and, and wanting to help things out. And then to find out that we're actually getting in the way, like it's a real kick in the guts and, and the ego, as you, as you suggest. I think the, um, I can't remember who said it now, but the, the uh, might be Dan Kennedy, but the, 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 the job in any business is to make yourself redundant. Yeah, well, there's a lot of, I think everyone says that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's a common phrase. And, you know, and, that, and that's exactly everything you preach about. It's like, if you, if, you can, if you can be at a position where you're not needed anymore, then you're in a position where you've got a business that doesn't need you and you can then sell it. <laughs> um, but also you're able to be more strategic, be more, you've got choices, you know, you can be yeah. whatever you need to be. You can add, steer, whatever. One of my clients said to me once, he says, ah, I get it. The more I work in my business, the less it's worth. <laughs> yeah perfect i said exactly <laughs> so you got to get out of the business and ironically the less you work in your business the more your business is worth as an asset yeah you might yeah and you and you then got to restructure how you take income from the business but if you want to increase the asset value of your business we've got to de-risk the business and you being in the business is a risk yeah for sure and it was a big, well, it wasn't a, a big aha because we've been working together for a while, but uh, it was kind of said, oh, it'll make it's sense. a nice line, though. It's a nice line. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, the best clients are the ones that teach you the most. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, and it depends what stage with people at, but the, the, I would encourage people to, um, you know, book themselves a three week holiday in, in, in six months, 12 months' time, four weeks, six weeks, you know, ex expanding periods of time that they can be out of the business. If you can't take a day off because you're nervous about what will happen, you're never going to be able to take a week off. You're never going to be able to take two weeks off. Yeah. The point is, you should be able to step away completely and things will turn on. So you've got to build that confidence up. So um, I know travel restrictions and all the rest of it, but we're, they're opening up. So yeah, just be out of the business for a period of time and then see what happens. <laughs> and then you know where you need to make some uh, well, Absolutely. And, and, and one of the things that we, I guess you, you, you've also had this awareness as well is, is that business owners are really good at doing stuff. They're really good at finding creative solutions and, and, and solving problems and getting stuff to work. And that often means 
you know, because they started with some sort of technical skill or operator skills, they're really good at doing the doing and getting and finding the things that need to be done today to keep the business running today. What they've never learned how to do, and, and you know, it's the Gerber stuff that says we need to work on the business rather than in the business. They go, yeah, I get it, but I know how to work in the business. I don't know how to work on the business. And I'm so busy working on the business or in the business rather, I'm so busy in the day to day. I know where I add value. I know what I do well. I'm efficient. I know where to start. I'm not wasting time. As soon as I try and work on the business, I pull myself out for an hour. I get stuck because I don't know where to start. I'm looking down and going, what should I be doing? And then a problem comes on my desk and I can fix that straight away. I can add value. So I don't know where to start working on the business. So I get a bit lost. So one of, this, we're, we're, one of the things we help business owners to do is we go, well, okay, it's about a new career. It's a career progression from being that operator to being the strategic person. You've got to stop working in the day-to-day -day, every day and start working 12 months ahead of the business. So what does that mean? It means all the things you're working on now will hit the business in six to 12 months time. They'll add value to the business in six to 12 months time. And we, we've got a nice little term, it's working on the strategic side as opposed to working on the operations side. We color code all those bits and pieces just to create a nice jargon and, and internal language in the business. We make it easy for them. So, yes. but they definitely need, and I think you're saying the same thing, some guidance, some, some mentoring support, to a big stick sometimes to get them out of the business and on the business in whatever form that yeah, is and, that is, and what that it is takes. a fine balance because if you, you say if you're someone who who likes solving problems you know there's is that balance of stretching yourself and, and and learning new skills and being different but we also don't want to lose the authenticity of the individual if they're a good problem solver then let's get them solving problems but the problems can be bigger <laughs> so there's this thing of sometimes about right if there's an instant problem i can instantly solve it instant gratification everybody loves me i look good whatever that buzz is that they you get from solving that problem it's it's learning to um get the, the, the deferred gratitude gratification which you know six months 12 months as you say so they're still solving problems just the better problems to solve absolutely the strategic problems are always there they just can't see them yet sure yeah so they can uh, still get that same buzz it's just lifting them out and yeah. reading a little bit so there's a bit and, of discomfort to start with but yeah and as entrepreneurs we all get caught up we have this urgency addiction we love fixing things now and getting them sorted so okay so let's imagine you've worked with us you've You've supported us, you've helped us understand what, what's holding us back, what's stopping us from making the changes available. You've given us some coaching and support and tools and tips, I imagine, to help us um, get out of the day-to-day -day and take three weeks off. So how do you do that? Like, there's some headlines. What are some of the things you do to work with business owners to actually get them to the point where they can actually book that holiday for three weeks? And then they're away from the first day and they're, they're desperately picking up their phone, checking the emails, waiting for someone to call. How do you help them to get into that position that they can book that flight or book that holiday? That's very much how long's a piece of string question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, we've got a couple of minutes. So but, um, everyone yeah, wants to know. So, I mean, well, you know all the stuff. <laughs> but it's like, find out who's doing the actual work. That's the key thing, first of all. So whether you've got a team, whether you're outsourcing, whatever it is, um, who's actually doing the work. Um, 
how do they know what the right sort of work is that they need to be doing and whether they're doing it correctly or not so what are the systems and processes who's responsible for actually making sure we're we tracking what what results are actually needed and what what are the bits that actually you need to be doing only you can do and what are stuff that that ultimately can be covered by someone else so you know usually just starting that starting point in terms of tracking what they're doing on a weekly basis and seeing where their time is actually going can be very enlightening because it's just a case of oh Christ, I'm spending half my time responding to emails I don't need to respond to, and then another half the time dealing with phone calls I don't need to. So getting rid of those in the first instance just instantly frees up time. Um, and then you've got your, you say, getting your systems and processes up and running. Um, you know the, the Gerber things you mentioned before, and the thing we've always got to think about a system or a process is that um, version one will not be right version one will not work but it will be infinitely better than version zero yeah version two will be twice as good as version one version three will be but version one is infinitely better than zero you've got to do version one to get to version two you can't yeah, exactly. no matter how hard you try you're not going to go straight from zero to version two are you yeah and everyone goes oh, i've tried it it didn't work and all the rest it, that's the iteration that's the innovation that's the the keep rolling it on keep testing it keep moving it kind of thing um so and then and then of course there's the psychological stuff so I, there's, there's certain things i do do which will go into the deeper psyche if necessary so as i say there's there's some sort of attachment to wanting to appear to be the one that's in control or uh, people pleasing or whatever it might be there'll be something beneath that will be dictating their psyche as to why they behave in that way and there's things i can do that will will hopefully shift some of those things whether that's um you know well through various techniques <laughs> so it's it's yeah it's identifying the behaviors that aren't serving them yeah. and then coming up with tools and techniques or processes to help them change those behaviors ultimately have, have i understood that correctly yeah brilliant and so it's it's personal a lot of one-to-one -one coaching with the owners founders directors of the business yeah um I mean, as a business model, I've also got various sort of um, group things that run regular low cost things where business owners are coming together. It's all peer to peer mastermind group type things, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit different. But um, but in when I'm working one to one with someone, that's the sort of stuff that I'll be doing for sure. OK. And do you find yourself working with more than one director in a business at a time or is it the sort of thing you can only work with one? And uh, th there are a few times I've got um, I've got more than one director, um, often couples. Okay. Um, not unusual, um, but not always. Uh, it is always a bit more complicated. <laughs> you've just got that extra dimension of uh, of, uh, of what's going on. But so then you've got the element of communication between the two, and again, getting a clear vision that both parties can agree on. Um, because if you're going in the wrong direction, obviously, yeah. You, okay. <laughs> so what about family businesses, Andrew? Uh, oh, 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 oh. I think this whole podcast is dedicated to them, aren't they? <laughs> It's, so are, uh, are we hearing that you avoid them or you you you're... they just have their own richness shall we say well, the thing is with family businesses you've got an extra set of hats going on so you can have a sensible professional relationship with a friend or someone that you brought into the business but when family's involved there's always that risk of things being taken out of context um things being misunderstood in a different way assumptions being brought in quicker so in truth is as long as they've got the right intent then it just comes down to communication as it always does um and just making sure that they know what what the basis of the conversation they're having is so that it's a professional conversation rather than a personal conversation try and uh, 
keep things compartmentalized. Exactly. Easy, easy to say, obviously. <laughs> sure. And there, there's always the risk uh, in family dynamics and relationships where you've got the overlay of how, what's the best way to say this? We're, we're probably more likely to treat them not as well as we do not family members. We'll, uh, yes. uh, we'll, we'll say things more bluntly, more directly, uh, and potentially more hurtful uh, in, in a family type uh, dynamic than we would ever dare allow ourselves to in a purely <laughs> professional employee only uh, situation. I mean, it's the, the, it often gets the mantra of never, never work with family and that sort of things. And I, and I don't agree with that. I've, I've seen it go horribly, horribly, horribly wrong and it can go horribly wrong for sure. But I've seen it go well as well. Uh, uh, and you can get some, if you've got the right relationship, the right sort of groundings in place beforehand, uh, you can get some really fantastic family businesses. I remember a business I was involved with once and um, I was working with the two directors, a male and a female. And it was six months I was working with them very closely before I learned that they were a married couple. <laughs> they kept their business life very separate from their home life and they did it very well um yeah and and it was a it was a, a pleasure to be involved with the business if uh, yeah. if i'm honest they did a great job um no then, energy yeah, whatsoever a beautiful when you see it happen isn't it um and um well, and then one. again the other the other challenge of your second third generation sort of thing you know my granddad started the business my great great granddad started a bit 100 years we've been in this business sort of thing so whatever that be but the longer it goes down the more pressure there is on that individual to make it work to make it a success uh, do they have permission to sell it <laughs> you know in their head uh if it goes bust oh my god that's a, a real dagger to the heart because there's so much but even just getting taking it out of the business name. I mean, yeah, family name. That's there's a whole okay. load around that. So we've got the energy, the the human factor, if we like, yeah, that that you know, just human behaviors and characteristics that that um, means it makes it hard for us to change behaviors and and to even see behaviors in ourselves that we need to change. It, it we often need that external party to to help us recognize it and that it is holding us back. Let's say we we we've worked through a number of those things. We've got the right people doing the right things. You've now got the directors in the business focusing on the tasks that they need to be tasked uh, working on, driving the business forward. They're, they have um, created, let's call it a management structure. So they're now we've got the management team working on the things and, and driving the business day to day. Um, and they're doing all of their things. And we're now getting the business ready to exit. What could a good exit look like in uh, in your through your lens? Well, as you say, if it's running in a sense where that the, the business owner doesn't need to be there, and then anybody can come in and just slot straight in. So um, uh, that's always going to be the. There's always going to be you know you're not going to get it perfect because there's going to be some sort of relate few relations and conversations and things. So I, I, I don't know what your experience is, but I suspect most business owners have some involvement with the business post, particularly if they've got a clawback clause in the in the, the deal and, and and future profits and stuff so they want to make sure their investment stays through so there's always probably going to be some sort of involvement so yeah a good exit is um obviously getting your basic intentions sorted out first of all so that everyone's kind of on the same page before any lawyers get involved yep. um <laughs> so we kind of know what the, the basic generation is things running systematically and automatically so that it doesn't need too much of a change at the top level as we mentioned before and one thing that's that's important for me, and I'd like to bring in it to, to the podcast of this thing, is that whoever's selling, having a rough idea, doesn't mean too clear, but rough idea what they're actually going to be doing post-sale. 
Yeah. So I mentioned, yeah. obviously, they're going to get involved with the business, but what else are they going to do? Now, in some cases, uh, the, 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 there might be another business coming out at the other end, but do they know what that is? Have they got an idea? Do they need time off to think about that? Um, some people might be thinking about retiring and just sort of kicking back and relaxing and getting a yacht around the Caribbean or whatever it might be, but they're probably going to get restless. <laughs> yep. They'll um, always get restless. <laughs> um, Colada's on the beach are great for three weeks. And yeah, exactly. And off you go again. So having a sudden break can be quite dangerous. So you, you work hard. It was always going to be intensive getting the sail across, but if you've been doing those five days a week, seven days a week, um, all the way through and haven't learned to get yourself out, and suddenly there's this stopping point where, oh, what am I doing now? If that's not been thought about in some way, shape, or form, it can create a, a real vacuum and and disassociation yeah. because again this emotional thing this sense of identity i am the managing director of this business or whatever you call yourself when that's taken away we can get into that state of who am i and it's quite um disassociating if you've not thought about it and planned through and sometimes that just not really thinking about what happens afterwards can mean that you don't really put the stuff in place early enough you know you, you think well i, I I'll, I'll give you some of this someone i knew who who was basically in a good place to go he, he, everything was working fine he had an offer on the table which was absolutely top top notch um and he could have could have got out at that point and done really really well for himself but he had wasn't ready he hadn't got himself clear what he was going to do it's taken about three years to work out what he wants to do and in the meantime regulations have changed things have changed the world's changed he's probably lost about 30 percent of value of what he's what his, uh, what his business is worth now he's still going to do all right he'll be okay he's not going to be on the poverty line result of this but there's always going to be a little bit of what well, if only but now he's in a position he knows what he's going to do he's got a plan rolling forward and, and he's going to step into it if he'd thought about that earlier on and got placed earlier on he'd have sold earlier yeah. a little bit of that. and it would have probably gone straight to the kids and the rest of it yeah it's a really important thing entrepreneurs are very visionary people they're very active they're they're, they're always doing something you know they need a break for sure but if they don't know what's next you know there'll be something come up which will prevent the business the transaction from the deal from happening isn't it is yeah. what i'm saying so if I you mean, want the deal to happen know what's happening next for you yeah i mean there's one one guy i know you know it doesn't have to be majorly grand but he knew that he was gonna he's an accountant he's, he sold his practice to another firm he knew that he was going to be one day a week helping them uh, one day a week setting up his consultancy business, which he's going to pick and choose which clients he worked with. Three days on the golf course. <laughs> Thank you very much. So it doesn't need to be major, but he, he's had that clear for 12 months now. He knew exactly what he wanted to be doing afterwards. He knew which day, when, and all the rest of it. He's made it happen. Hope he enjoys three days on the golf course. Uh, not, not my thing, but, you know, if you find what's good for you. That's the important thing. All right. <laughs> so we've, We've um, got pretty clear on what we need to do to get a, a nice clean exit. And and, um, and a big part of that is knowing what we personally are going to move on to. So we've got a vision of what's next for us. What about post-sale? The business is now under the hands of the new owners. You know, is there anything that you need to focus on that you work on with, with the people or the, or the people that are left in the business or, or the new owners perhaps? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm more interested in where they're going next, but we do have to be mindful of, you know, as we mentioned before, keep, keeping a reasonable relationship with the previous um, or the, the new owners, but um, but not to be at totally at their beck and call. Uh, the, if Like this guy that I alluded to that's doing one day a week, it, it's that one day. And, and again, it's another learning point of letting go because 
it's a different set of people that are probably doing it now and uh, and it's, it's easy to get dragged back into being that problem so we were talking about before and you so you've got to put your boundaries in place and say no we've agreed it and that's what it is um for me and this is a big thing for me through what i do anyway is you know once you've sold your business you're in a great position to really do something things to your heart you've got your resources you've got time i mean you know each their own but for me it's a great opportunity to really find what can i do in the world that's going to make a real difference and this is this is a sense of purpose and and, and finding something that's going to be sort of change the world if you like kind of thing because uh, you're in a, and it doesn't need to be hugely grand but the, these people with have sold a business got the money they've got all the skills and resources to make a massive difference and for me this, business enjoyment is my overarching thing and part of that is saying okay we've got to make money out of this it's a business but what's that thing that's going to make a real difference that sings to me that talks to me because when i get connected to that and start doing something that's um driving things forward that makes a difference in the world that means something to me the the level of enjoyment that comes out of doing that is so much more than just doing a business for the sake of doing a business okay is it possible that they 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 can do both at the same time that thing that sings to them is is actually what they're achieving through their business the change they're making through their business oh for sure um the, the business they just sold they obviously won't be doing that anymore so <laughs> we'll be doing that for someone else so it's finding your next you know, your next fulfillment or your next purpose or, or or living that purpose ongoing through another mechanism. Yeah, absolutely. So okay, because it. it comes at a higher level. Now that business might have moved things forward in a certain way and been contributing to something that was meaningful. Um, but obviously you just moved out to something else. So what, what else are we going to do? So what is that thing that's going to do? And, and normally it's going to be related to something inside. And okay. as a, it's a form of what, what is that version of me that probably needed some help? And how can I help somebody out there that was a version like me, if yeah. that makes sense? Some sort of personal mission or purpose. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that's brilliant. Andrew, look, I really appreciate you, know, you sharing these thoughts and, um, and how you work with the individuals and, and the importance of the individuals to get really clear on their minds, you know, their, their personal mission, their personal objectives that, that they're going to be working through next to unlock them, to to enable them to unlock or, or uh, um, unbundle themselves from their, their business that has been part of them for so long. So we've, we've covered a bit, but, but out of all the things we have talked about today, what's the, I guess, the biggest point that you want listeners to take away from our conversation? Uh, a business is just a mechanism. It's just a tool. Uh, it's there to get you what you want. It can make a difference with the people. It can have an impact, but ultimately, it's it's a it's a it's a systemized way of solving problems. That's ultimately what a business is. Yeah. Um, and the more you can keep yourself following, using that to serve what you want and those around you, then the, the better you're going to be. It's when you get dragged in and start getting caught up in the business for the business sake, you start getting the difficulty. But when you recognise it's just a technical mechanism or a tool or a vehicle, whichever phrase works for you, you are, you are not your business. Your business Absolutely. is just an expression of your purpose, by the sounds Absolutely. of it. Okay, that's fantastic, Andrew. Thanks for joining me. Really appreciate your insights uh, and sharing with the audience today. Thank you very much, Al. Thanks for having me on. Uh, absolute pleasure. Mm -hmm.